Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. Your favorite church unity podcast. Probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between. Right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk. Right, right, yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you. Welcome back to the Whole Church Podcast. Uh, we're very happy to have TJ back with us. We missed the last episode. Hello. Um, today we're going to refer to him as, um, I don't know. What would you like your name to be today, TJ? TJ. Yeah. Telephone Johns. That works. Yeah. Um, no, no. T-E-A-J-A-Y. Oh, okay. Like that. That's like actually two names. So TJ yeah. just stands for TJ. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So before we jump into everything too much, uh, we are here with my aunt. Uh, Jeannie Mattingly. I, I always want to say Null, because I feel like everyone related to me is a Null, even on my mom's side, which <laughs> just clearly isn't how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're a Null, it's fine. Uh, Tiffany's a Null now, so that's cool. That's right. So I'll get that one right eventually. Um, yeah, so we're here with her. Uh, she is a nurse practitioner in... Are, are you? Do you practice in Taylorsville? I know you live... I don't know. Somewhere. No, actually, I practice in uh, Shelbyville, Kentucky. Shelbyville, Kentucky. Okay. Oh. Awesome, awesome. And we'll ask her lots of questions about what she does and how the church can better be united in supporting those in the medical system during this crisis with the coronavirus. Um, before we do, we want to talk about our needs. Um, my aunt, Jeannie, is actually one of our six Patreons. <laughs> so, patrons. That's the correct way. TJ usually corrects me but uh yeah so she's <laughs> she's one of those so uh if you all decide to be patreon we might include you on the podcast one time there you go <laughs> that's your incentive be like aunt genie um which we really appreciate that genie we really appreciate all of our patrons um and in order to support us there you just go to patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast um those donations go to stuff like this microphone uh we papered being able to do skype calls and sometimes gas and stuff um basic just basic needs in recording the podcast um those needs don't go away during this whole pandemic we're going through uh i know a lot of people places are struggling your churches need your donations your fast food places still need to make money and uh we also still need y'all support so if y'all are able we would appreciate it um What's some of our other needs, TJ, other than someone running the Twitter account? Uh, well, we'd like it if uh, someone would make us a new theme song. If we could find a new theme song for the podcast, that'd be great. Yeah, what would uh, you just had me go on and go do 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 That's an ending thing. Oh, okay. So I, what if I start with dee da da ba doop boo That still sounds like an ending thing. Okay. Yeah, the descending melody is what makes it sound like it's ending. Oh, well, apparently that's all I know how to do, so. So we still need so, someone to help with the. With the if thing. you'd like to try your hand at music composition, <laughs> please um, be our guest. Yeah, or if you know somebody who can do that, that'd be cool. Um, also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and if you can share our stuff, the more shares, the more people see it, the more people see it, the more people are aware that church unity is a need which makes it more likely to happen. So you guys can help us a lot just by sharing, liking, commenting, any of that sort of things. Um, taking over my our Twitter account, because I don't know how to do it, and tweeting for us, and then getting on your account and retweeting the tweet that you made on our account. That would be very helpful. Right. Uh, anything else, CJ? Uh, not that comes to mind. Awesome, awesome. So in honor of missing TJ for a week, our silly question today, is going to be, which media duo is your least favorite? What is your least favorite media duo? Uh, it could be from TV show, movie, music, anything. Uh, some examples. You know, if, you, if for some reason your least favorite Sean and Gus, you could say that. Uh, Rizzoli and Isles, Scooby and Shaggy, you know, whatever. Uh, we encourage people who follow us on any social media to send us theirs, just because it'd be interesting to see. Um, I'll go first. And then we'll let TJ go, and then uh, Jeannie, we're going to ask you what your least favorite media duo is. Right now? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go first. We'll, we'll let you think about it. Okay. okay. Uh, mine is going to be the Quicksilver Scarlet Witch of the MCU. 
when they were together oh. on Age of Ultron. I did not like them two together. They just annoyed me. Wait, why not? I didn't like that Quicksilver. I thought he was just whiny. That's the correct reason. They should go back and fix it somehow. They Well, Fox tried. Yeah. They did better, but like... Yeah. It's I guess it's a hard character to do for some reason, but I don't know, man. They they were just not they were unpleasant. It was probably the worst part of that movie. And they just let him whatever. Yeah. yeah. No. I could talk about that. Quicksilver <laughs> is one of my favorites. I could talk about that specific iteration of Quicksilver for the runtime. I, I don't think you should. I won't. But uh. TJ, what is your least favorite media duo? You can say TJ and Joshua, but I'd prefer you didn't. Okay. So this was not... This was a deceptively hard question. So when you say media duo, you only listed shows, and your example is from a movie. So I'm assuming athletes don't count. I think we could take it. I think that'll work. Alright. Because I said music works too. Okay, so like, my initial thought wasn't athletes, it was George Lucas and dialogue. That's not really... (laughs) That's not a duo. That's not a duo. (laughs) Just that the bad George Lucas is bad at. Yeah, he's terrible at it. It's the worst duo in any movie. (laughs) So, I think my answer would actually have to be, and I'm sorry, I know not a lot of our listeners are going to get this, but Alexander Ovechkin and Tom Wilson Please tell uh, me that's from the Washington, yeah, from the Washington Capitals. Do you know, like that? That's like one of the weird things from this whole quarantine is I find myself missing random quirks from people. Like I'll just be like at work and I'm like, man, I haven't heard TJ tell me hockey fact I don't care about in a long time. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, Alexander Ovechkin uh, is one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Uh, a lot of people believe he's going to pass Wayne Gretzky's scoring record uh, by the end of his career. Not soon. But uh, basically, Tom Wilson will just cross-check, which is not legal. Uh, he just hits a defender with his stick to give Alexander Ovechkin the space he needs to shoot the puck. So that's that's pretty much my least favorite thing. Just because to see. it's not legal enough. It's just not cool. Yeah. You know, I um, I think whenever we redo our theme song, we should redo our voiceovers. And instead of saying in the occasion occasional train talk, you should say the occasional hockey talk. Because <laughs> I think you talk about that more than I talk about trains at this point. I definitely do. I'm proud of you for that. You're doing great. Yeah. All right. Gene, what? Who is your least favorite media duo? It can be music, it can be movies, shows, whatever. Apparently, hockey. It is Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Ooh. Really? Why? Because she's stolen from Jennifer Aniston. Oh. <laughs> I don't know anything they're, about. They're not even. They're not even together anymore. Exactly. They shouldn't be so, together. They should not have been together. It was just a waste. Exactly. Uh, now I, I, they wasted our time with their relationship. Exactly. They wasted ours and Jennifer Aniston's time. Exactly. Everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a. That was a really quick response. You've thought about this before. Yeah. I just got on, uh, he was doing that, um, with the Property Brothers, where they do that, uh, celebrity IOU. Have you watched mm. that? I've I know seen about it. it. I haven't really watched it. But, like, I think my mom watches it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. And he was on there. No, you're speaking. He should have been with Jennifer this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. You heard her, Brad. If you're listening to this, we're upset. That's right, we're upset. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Now we know. Now we know.
So now that we all know each other a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't really have any, any clue who she was to, to just now. Yeah. yeah I mean, that <laughs> she's upset at Brad Pitt. Helped me know my aunt so much better. That's right. So, uh, Jeannie, you are a nurse yeah. practitioner. Correct. And so what can you tell us about your job and your qualifications as a nurse practitioner? Well, I, to be a nurse practitioner, first of all, you are a registered nurse, which means, you know, I've done floor nursing, I've done ER nursing, I've done ICU, I've done open heart recovery. And then you get your master's and then you practice pretty much as if you are, were the provider. I do basically the same thing a doctor does. And in the state of Kentucky, after you have practiced as a nurse practitioner for four years, you no longer need a collaboration with another provider. You can practice on your own in the state of Kentucky. So that's what I do. I work at a clinic, but I run myself with my uh, front desk worker and my medical assistant. Right. So... How exactly is it different from being a doctor? Well, um, unfortunately, pay is different. (laughs) And insurance companies will only, like, I could do the exact same thing that the doctor is doing for a patient, but the doctor can charge three times more for that patient than I can. Wow. I'm sure the patients appreciate that. Yeah. So that's why they usually when they ask you, would you want to see the doctor or the nurse practitioner? Most people will say nurse practitioner because they know it's going to be cheaper. Wow. Yeah. Um, you have your doctors in nursing though, right? No, I didn't get get my doctorate. I just have my master. Okay. Does it really do anything different? No, just people will call you doctor instead of. Well, you know, your first name. I just have everybody call me by my first name, so, you know. I do the British accent and call you the doctor if it makes you feel better, but I, I'll need you to say I want to see occasionally. It'll make you feel worse, so. <laughs> make you feel worse. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. if you got your doctorate, would you, I, I know you would technically be a doctor, but you would yeah. still be a nurse practitioner, right? Right, I would just have a doctorate of nursing. That's pretty. You should you should become a doctor nurse practitioner. Just, yeah, that's that your fun title. There. Yeah, okay. I did, but you know, it's another hundred grand that I'm not ready to spend. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's right. the title. So, how is it? Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> so, how is it different than being a regular nurse? Uh, I can prescribe medicine. I can treat um, just about any any illness. Uh, now, granted, doctors, you know, they have more schooling than, of course, we do. Um, I went to school for seven years, and most doctors are in school for eight, and then they do eight years of rotation. But the thing with nursing is a lot of it is taught at the bedside, so we don't spend, like, you know, we're two years in classes, and then that third year, you're pretty much in the hospital doing things. Right. And then so that fourth year, you're... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And then that fourth year, you know, it's all in the hospital. And right. so, you know, you take, we take tests, just like they do. Everybody has to be board certified. So, but yeah, it can be different. It's, you know, three years of schooling and I'm able to write prescriptions. I can write, you know, for scheduled drugs or non-scheduled. I can write for x-rays. I can write for, you know, I can set a broken bone. I can read x-rays. I can look at ultrasounds. I can do all that. Wow. So it's, it's less. Someone that I can fill them up. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's, oh, that's pretty much the end of the podcast, actually. I just wanted to flex that my aunt was cooler than your aunt. All right, y'all have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right, so it's essentially less schoolwork, like less classwork, and you make up for it with the on-hand, like hands-on stuff. Right, right. <laughs> cool. And most doctors, you know, they're going to specialize, you know, like they have to learn 
every little aspect of every, like they'll have to go to neurology, they have to go into surgery, they have to learn ortho, they have to learn peace, they have to learn labor and delivery. You know, they learn it all, and then they decide what they want to specialize in. So that's how come, you know, a doctor, he knows a little about a lot of things, but he's going to specialize in just like one thing. Like an ER doctor, he's just in emergency medicine. Your family doctor is just doing family medicine. Your orthopedics, just doing joints and bones and muscles and things like that. But like for nurse practitioners, most of us are in families. So, you know, we dabble in everything. Right. So it's I like general practice. Joint injection. Yeah, it's like a general practice. Yeah. Like That's I awesome. can do a joint injection one day or I can write an antibiotic for your science infection. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, it's uh whenever we have family functions, everybody pretty much gets a gets a checkup whether they want it or not. So I always feel like I leave healthier than than I go when I visit Kentucky. I mean, so this is a a really interesting time to be in the medical field, right? With the whole COVID nineteen pandemic stuff going on. Um, Jenny, yeah. I gotta ask: Are people freaking out enough? Should we be freaking out more? Do I have enough toilet paper, do you think? <laughs> I think the world has enough toilet paper, yes. Um, I don't think the people that, they're not taking it serious. And to be honest, there are some of my colleagues that don't take it serious. But the thing is that people need to understand is that COVID has been around for a long time. But this is a different strand of COVID. Okay, it's kind of like the flu. When you notice that you can get the flu one year, but you get it, you can also get it the next year. The body didn't actually build up an immunity to it because there's a different strand that has now developed that has learned to fight off, you know, whatever we have thrown at it. It's learned to adapt and to live. That's what viruses try to do. They're always trying to figure out a way that they can mutate and they can live because they don't want to die. They don't want to go away. Right. Just like us. Yeah. Right. Pretty much one of the core building blocks of sentient or yeah. sub-sentient life is I would kind of like to keep living. Yeah, that's why I grew my third mm-hmm. arm. You know, you just got to mutate and adapt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like Darwin from... X-Men first class. Oh, goodness. Um, okay, but like, as far as That's how people are reacting, is it helpful for them to panic more in the sense of like going and getting stuff from the store and stocking up so that they can stay home? Or is it more helpful if they just kind of day by day kind of keep their calm and just do what they need, but go into the store more because they didn't buy it all at once? You need to get what you need and try to get what you need to last you for, like, two weeks. You know, like, you don't need, you know, 48 rolls of toilet paper to get through two weeks. Oh, you know, different. 10 rolls will probably do it, you know? <laughs> you don't need to buy, like, three, you know, or four gallons of milk when you know two gallons might get you through two weeks. You know, that's the thing. You know, people are panicking and they're buying a bunch. And then other people are like, hey, you know, it's no big deal. Like I went into Walmart and um, you see people with masks and they're wearing gloves and they're touching everything with their gloves. They're touching their face. They're <laughs> digging in their purse. And it's like, okay, those gloves are dirty. And they, they hold on to things way more than your hands do. So they shouldn't wear gloves? I I think the the glass caused for me the way I feel about it. I think it causes more contamination because people forget that the gloves are even on. Right. You know, so they're touching everything and then they're scratching their face or they're putting their hair behind their ears or they're patting their kids on top of the head or you know. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what is the purpose of those gloves again? Yeah. We talked about this before we recorded. It reminded me of um when I first started at Chipotle. But Chipotle is, you know, what I used to think was crazy about change your gloves, change your gloves. I, I remember literally I'd adjust my hat and they'd say, oh, change your gloves. I'd flip the chicken, change your gloves. Salt the chicken, change your gloves. 
and you handful someone's money, change your gloves. Everything you do, you have to change your gloves. So unless you're taking a box of gloves with you, it's kind of hard to do that in the Walmart. Exactly, but it's a lot easier to hand sanitize your hands in between all that. Yeah, be uh, be like Monk. Just you know, have hand sanitizer with you at all times. Right. Mm-hmm. Take the problem is, you know that? people wear uh, gloves. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, people are wearing gloves, and then you know, you see them in the car, and they're putting all their groceries in, or opening their door, and then they'll throw them in the parking lot. It's like, okay, right. well, that's really great for the environment. <laughs> Good job. Wonderful. You didn't save yourself from contaminating anything because you touched everything with the gloves on. And you killed a turtle. Yeah, and you killed a turtle. That's just sad. Right. So, obviously, there's lots of places people can go to get information about COVID-19 and the whole uh, the virus stuff, um, which we do want to talk about that stuff. But also, I would like to focus on... Whole churches are interacting with it. You know, the whole church podcast seems like a good thing for us to address. Um, yeah. Now, some people, I don't know, I'm sure people seen it on the news, there are still some churches who are holding services anyway, whether secretively or whatever, and they've been caught, and some viruses have spread from that and that kind of stuff. Um, do you think, well, first off, this guy, like, people should not be having church services right now, right? I don't think so. I mean, with the world that we live in right now, I can see my pastor on TV or my computer every Sunday. He does a web podcast just like you do, you know, for weekly devotions and services. He has a number. You can call and talk to him if you want to talk to him, you know. So there's plenty of ways that you can still stay in contact, you know, like you were talking about Zoom. You know, I can see my patients on Zoom. You can get your own little Zoom account. Uh, our church actually has one of the pastors does that every Wednesday. He has a class with Zoom so that the people that are on there can interact with him. Just like if they were in the classroom together. Yeah. And you're safe, and you're home, and you're not spreading any germs. Yeah. We, had, we actually have a friend who used um, drive-in stuff to have a drive-in church where they had like, the speakers in people's cars so no one left their car. I thought that was an interesting yeah. idea. Um, but then you got to wonder if the speakers yeah, are sanitized. We, and, right, and we did that too. They um, for Easter they did the communion. They had it um, self packaged in little packages, and they just held the bucket up and had everybody just take one. Yeah, I know. Um, so you can still do communion and not, you know, be sitting, you know, one foot away from somebody, and them start coughing and you start screaming. It's it's really interesting. We see more of the church online than ever, which is something obviously I've pushed for for a while. I think it's it's good to be out where people are anyway, because you know people are always on Facebook, on Instagram, and now we're seeing a lot of churches Mm -hmm. who usually they do two services a week are doing something online almost every day. You know, again, we still have these churches who are meeting in person though, and that's um that can be an issue. I think the big thing with that is uh, I actually have a professor who's doing an online series on YouTube, which I might, I might put it on, uh, put the link in the podcast notes where he's talking about the book of Proverbs in wisdom and how God values wisdom and how right now a lot of people are trying to resist wisdom, which, you know, he equates to resisting God because God gave us wisdom. Rules that we must follow. And so if your governor is telling you, please don't have church services until the end of April, the 1st of May, and let us reevaluate, then when you break the law, are you not breaking God's will? God wants us to follow the rules of the land. Just like he said, you know, when they were, uh, when he was in the church, you know, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. He was talking about the money. Remember that story? Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes me think, too, of, um, I don't know exactly where it is, but one of Paul's letters starts about how God's not a God of confusion, but he's a God of order, right? So we have order. We have a law for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. So isn't that, aren't you, when you break the law, I mean, they're not saying you have to no longer worship or take off, you know, 
anything about God or get up your Bibles, you know, and I think that's what a lot of people are thinking, a lot of the older ones, you know, they think, well, this must be the end of time for asking me to give up, you know, gathering at church, having my religion, and they're not asking you to do that. Yeah, I actually, I saw a, um, a pastor tweet something on Twitter, I, I thought it was really interesting, because I mean, I personally, I had mixed feelings about it, where he was, he was tweeting an article from Alabama, where the governor is saying that they're still going to be doing abortion clinics. They prevented anyone from closing abortion clinics, but they're not allowing church services. And he's like, well, that's kind of hypocritical. Blah. But on one hand, I understand being against abortions, period. But there's a difference in private and public meetings. I just don't know exactly how to go with that, because what we, like you said, you know, even a lot of urgent care places are shutting down to give doctors the ability or nurses the ability to go places that need them right now, right? Right. So is that a, yeah, do you I think it's a fair comparison that. comparing where they're closing churches? Well, but... the thing about churches is, you know, like, when you're, like, I still see patients in my office, but I see them one at a time. Me and my staff, we wear a mask, we wear our gloves, we wear our, um, you know, all of our protective equipment that we need, and we see just the one patient at a time, you know? So that patient, yeah, we're exposing ourselves to that home, but we're not exposing them to anyone else. And yeah, you know, I don't agree with abortion, but you don't know why they're getting an abortion. You don't know, is it a medical reason? Is it, you know, choosing between you living or the baby living or you don't know why, you know, and it might be something like that. But people, I know some people are comparing it to like Walmart. Well, there's like, you know, 50 people in Walmart just walking around. But yeah, but they're not walking around together, holding hands, shaking hands, and greeting each other with hugs, and you know what I'm saying? Right. So, basically, the political or religious battle against abortion should still be happening, but that's not directly translates into what should or should not be opened right now. It's two different topics, right? It's two different topics, yeah. It's still considered a necessity because it's a medical procedure that has to be done for whatever right. reason. Okay. And a lot of states some, don't allow you not to have an abortion after years, you know, three months along. Yeah. And those laws we've had about abortion aren't changing because of this. They're just keeping the places open. So right. however you feel about the policies, vote on it next time to be voted, but that's not necessarily has anything to do with the pandemic right now. Correct. Okay. Right. So what what do you think churches should do in response to this? Um, I think that if you feel like you need to like to your pastor, I mean, there's ways to do that. I mean, if you want to, I've seen like churches here in my hometown where they park in the parking lot and everybody's like six feet away from each other and they open their trunks and everybody's sitting there, but they're not congregated. But he has the microphone where everybody can hear, hear him. So right. you're outside and he's still preaching, but you're not congregating and being close to each other. So mm-hmm. if you feel like your church has to have a service, then limit the number of people that can come. Have them park your car six feet apart. Preach your sermon. And then bring in the next wave if you have more than 50 people that are coming. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to be safe because this is not going to go away. I mean, I've already been on calls and conferences where they're talking about the second wave of the COVID is coming in. And the second wave is going to be worse than the first. Because, like I said, viruses don't like to die, so they always find a way to live. Yeah. Right, which makes sense to me. Yeah. So whereas church might may be a priority, but so is safety, and so is wisdom. You know, that's yeah. a biblical concept. You know, um, as far as I'm aware, and I know um, yeah. maybe some of the people who are in the Catholic Church wouldn't see eye to eye with me on this one, but uh, the Bible never says you have to go to a church service. However, it does say you have to practice wisdom. So it right. has to. And if you, 
and here's what they don't understand about the social distancing is you're giving that virus when we when we congregate we're like a little petri dish and we're giving that virus a host to go and live in but if we isolate ourselves away from the people who are sick and only let the people who are sick go to the hospitals and be treated then eventually we limit we eliminate a host for the virus but right. once it gets eradicated because we're all social distance ourselves it no longer has a host that it can connect to. Okay, I've, uh, I've seen circulating, you know, I'm a big fan of the show Scrubs, and I've seen um, in circulation they've been sharing that video um, from one of the episodes where a doctor that nobody liked just got fired, picked up something off the ground that had a virus, and he touched somebody, and, and you know, it like, glowed green or something, and everybody he touched would glow green until eventually went to a patient that everyone watching the show has, you know, developed feelings for. You really like this patient. You connect with the character. They touch her, she goes green, she dies. And they've been kind of circulating that video showing, hey, this is this is how stuff spreads. you got to be super careful right now. Right. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. you know, and everybody says, oh, well, they're taking away my civil rights. No, they're trying to protect <laughs> the mass of people. We're not trying to take away anybody's civil rights or, you know, saying you can't do this, you can't do that. We're saying, you know, maybe you are fine. You're 20 years old. You're not going to get it. But you might take it to someone who's, you know, 55, and you don't know what their medical history is, and they might be really compromised. And just because you wanted to go out to Walmart and take everything you could touch, they had to come in and get their medicine because Walmart doesn't have a job here, and now you've made them sick. And they might not make it to their next birthday. And that's... You also, I think, you know, that's someone's mother, someone's grandmother, you know, all that. So it's not just about yourself anymore. Right. And that's what, you know, and maybe this is a way of God saying, hey, you guys have been too selfish. You need to start thinking about everybody else. Maybe in a roundabout way, this is God's way of seeing the whole church whole again. You know, we have to be united right now. Exactly. All right. And I feel like... It's okay. I feel like it's worth mentioning. Uh, wearing a mask and gloves does not requit you from social distancing. I've yeah. seen some people just doing whatever they want because they're wearing gloves and a mask. That's not how it works. <laughs> you you still need to stay away from people. I just mm-hmm. thought that, that needs to be said. You know, that well, just reminded me that I'm the most unqualified person in this conversation. You know, you're a nurse practitioner and TJ's a biology major, so he's learning about viruses and stuff right now, and I'm just uh, a guy. So, <laughs> I'm a guy who talks about this, so that makes me qualified, yeah. according to well, things. I do yeah. want to mention that, you know, the world doesn't know what healthcare workers are going through. You know, we are scared that we're taking it home to our family. People were undressing, like I go home, I take my shoes off, I take my scrubs off in the garage, and then I go up and take a shower so that I don't give it to my husband. You know, my mom's calling me and wanting me to come over for her birthday, and it's like, you don't know who I see and what I see. You know, it's not that I don't want to see you and celebrate your birthday, but I am trying to protect you from what I could give you. Right. And that's what people don't understand. We're sacrificing a lot as healthcare workers, and we're getting harassed in the public because of what we do, because we do take care of people who are sick. I want to read you a, a little excerpt from um, one of the uh, healthcare worker sites that I'm on. This was a lady, and she said um, she wanted to let everybody know she does not condone violence, but she was at the gas station. And she was stood on because she was a healthcare worker. According wow. to this woman, healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, and anyone caring for patients who are ill are the ones who are spreading this virus. She said that she didn't believe that she had any business being out and that we are careless when we go out because we are wearing our scrubs. Well, you know, she spit on her and she said, well, I don't condone violence, but she said, you know, 
I'm stressed out. I am worried about my family. I'm worried about my kids. And she had told a story earlier that she had sent her two kids away and hasn't seen them now for like eight weeks because she wow. works in the ER. And so she did punch the lady, which she shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm well, you know. okay with condoning that, actually. Yeah. And she said again, you know, I don't condone violence, but we are all terrified. We can catch the virus, and we can give it, like I said, to our spouses, our children, and to anyone we love that we live with. But And she goes on to say, but sitting on someone who has done nothing to you is also very wrong. Educate yourself about good good or hygiene, and if you don't need to be out, don't go out. That's what's going to stop it. We're not spreading it because we have to. You know, We have to stop and get gas. We have to stop and pick up our medicines, too. We have to stop and get groceries so we can feed our families. But you should appreciate anybody that you see out that is wearing scrubs. Because, number one, you don't know what they just saw and what they just went through. And you don't know how terrified they are on the inside. Because we're really good about hiding our feelings because we have to, we learn to do that so that when we deliver bad news to you, we don't break down with you. So that you know you can lean on us. Yeah. And now, now's the time more than ever, you know, those in the medical field are front line against this pandemic and we should really be treating them better than we treat anybody else instead of crazy spitting on people, just crazy stuff, you know. Right. So that being yeah, said, said, yeah. Go ahead. No, I wasn't saying anything. I'm just all right. So uh, the medical field is facing a, a rather unique uh, to this time period uh, crisis all around the world today. Uh, is there anything churches could be doing to better support our medical staff? Well, prayer is always good. Um, and, uh, I know, like I was talking about that lady, you know, she has to go out and get gas, but like if you could swap off like a care package for them, like toilet paper or milk or paper towels, you know, don't go in their house or anything, but like leave it in their yard and let them know, hey, I left this for you. I want to know, thank, I want to just say thank you. Or if you do see them out, you know, give them a smile and say, hey, I see you in scrubs. I appreciate what you're doing. Right. Uh, yeah, not everyone has the luxury of, like, uh, some Walmarts do the pickup grocery system. Uh, some Walmarts have drive through pharmacies. Uh, some people yeah. live in places where they can get their groceries delivered to their house. I know, like, in the Northwest, people have non-self-service gas stations. Not everyone has those things. Yeah. Right, and like, you know, here in our Walmart, and people are standing in line for like three hours to get toilet paper. Well, when I'm doing a 12-hour shift, I, I don't have time to stand in line for three hours. You know, I'm, half of the world is off, and yeah, you can go whatever you want, but we're still working. And some of us are working, you know, five or six days straight, 12-hour days. Yeah, and that is terrible, yeah. Yeah. Um, DJ, <clears throat> just from what she said, I, I wanted to ask you, is it possible, because I know you know social media better than I do, is it possible for us to set up on our Instagram or Facebook or something, a um, like an event for everyone to pray at the same time for our medical field, those who follow us? Yeah, uh, we could do that through our Facebook, and we could make it a recurring daily event. Yeah, but I think that's a good idea. We should... We should do that. Um, yeah, I might have you show me how to do that, but I think that's something that we and, need to do right and now. You know, the, and the other thing is, you know, we're losing friends. We're losing people that we have known, people that have taught us, you know, like older nurses that have, you know, that I've trained with, you know, when I was first starting out, you know, 13, 14 years ago, that are getting sick and not making it. Oh. And when you think about the fact that we're exposed to a lot, a lot more than just the regular public, and we're catching this, you know, our immune system, I would say, you know, people that work in the ER and, 
you know, family medicine and things like that. We're exposed to a lot of illnesses that the rest of the world aren't exposed to. And when we're getting it and we're getting sick, you know, that should be a worry for you. Yeah. Right. That's, uh, that's what we need to, the most not to have it. Yeah. So, not not to get away from those in the medical field and what we can do for them, but uh, I did want to ask, I saw where a lot of churches are doing uh, food banks and that kind of stuff. Uh, nearby here, a church actually, uh, they donated a lot of meat to the uh, Highway 55 here so they could get out two free burgers to everybody who came by. And a lot of churches are doing that kind of stuff. Is that good in the sense that, you know, people don't have food, so that's a good thing to do? Or is that something maybe to shy away from because it's getting people to all come to the same place? I would say it would be good to shy away from it. I mean, it would be almost better if you did, like, uh, I know, like, those truck services, you know, maybe if you could keep it where, like, only one person is out of the car at once. But those workers that are doing that, they're getting exposed to a lot of people. And if they're not protected with masks and gloves and gowns and things like that, you know, they're just exposing themselves. Yeah. Right. So maybe like um, like Pizza Hut and Domino's have been doing it, where they like leave it at your door with a enclosed case, right. so they're never touching the box and going away. Right. Yeah, yeah that would it, be a lot better. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, do something like that. Yeah. In fact, I would encourage all churches to send me pizzas that way. <laughs> right. No, but uh, it's not a terrible idea. My parents used to um, order pizza anytime I had a final coming up when I was, went to college at UNCW, and maybe that's not a terrible idea for a church to order pizza for some of their uh, the people that they know maybe don't have as much food, or or do you know someone at your church who is in the medical field? Pizza is right. apparently being delivered yeah. safer than other stuff, so we'll do that. Right. Yeah, I know my aunt likes pizza. Yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, Postmates has also started doing the same kind of uh, no content delivery, but that is less secure because yeah. the, the guidelines aren't as strict. But uh, right. so what? What about individuals in the church uh, who have been advised to make our own masks so that you know the medical field can have the real masks? Uh, is that wise, and is there anything else individuals can do for their friends and family in the medical field? Well, there is, like, some controversy, you know, like, cloth masks, whether they're really going to protect you or not. But, I mean, I always feel like anything is better than nothing. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're going to make them, then, yeah, uh, look online. Look on the CDC. They have a website there that shows you, like, things that you can put in them. I know um, some people are using, like, coffee filters as a filter. I saw that. To kind of work in between. To work in between little fabric. And um, hair covers is a big thing. You know, you don't realize how often you touch your hair. And we're learning that this virus can live on your shoes, it can live in your hair, it can live on your skin for, you know, however long. And so, you know, anything that you can cover that can help them with, protect them, you know, because, you know, everybody's scared of bringing it home. Right. If you've got a wetsuit, start wearing your wetsuit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, any hazmat suits you have, but those could be useful right now. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, uh, Jeannie, as people start sanitizing more, as they, you know, cover their hair better, uh, wear masks, um, all the stuff that, you know, we've been talking about, you know, the government's been asking them to do, what difference is it really going to make? Is it really going to make a difference if, you know, my neighbor Joe, you know, I don't have, I don't know if I have a neighbor named Joe or not, but let's say I do. Does it really make a difference if he does it? I mean, he's just one guy, right? Yes, it makes a difference. I mean, the best thing you can do is if you don't have to go out, don't go out. Just don't go out. I mean, I have people that, you know, still want to come in and be seen for every little thing. And we're trying to do more telehealth so that, one, you're not, I'm not exposed to you, but more importantly, you're not exposed to people I've had here already. Because you don't know who I've seen before you came in. And, yeah, you know, we try to clean up as best we can. And we try to, you know, stop them at the door, don't come in until, you know, we tell you you can come in. 
And, you know, some people get mad about that, but you got to realize, you know, I'm trying to keep you from getting sick and I'm trying to keep myself from getting sick. Yeah. I am Tiffany's best friend. She's uh she works at a veterinarian clinic. You know, that they do that where they're not letting people inside. They're coming and getting the animals and bringing them inside. And apparently they get chewed out all the time for that. They're like, well, no, you want to be with your dog, but we're putting your safety yeah. and your animals. Because, you know, animals can get it too. We're putting everybody's safety first. All right. Well, and, you know, and I ended up having to go to my parents' house because it was an emergency situation, you know, but the whole time I'm thinking, I should be taking my shoes off, I'm trying not to touch anything, trying to stay far away from them as I can, you know, I'm still taking care of the situation, but, you know, you, you don't know how stressful that is on healthcare workers, you know, we're trying our best to keep you safe, and we see you out there at Walmart with all seven of your children, thinking really <laughs> just because you can't go to walmart doesn't mean you should right and uh dur- during this pandemic it's it's more important than ever that a people listen to that advice the rules the wisdom out there um but it's also more important than ever that the church is united right united to help the people who are lost the people who are scared right now a lot of people are terrified of this thing uh, the sick world you know we can be praying for the sick and uh you know, like like we said, I, I think it's more important than ever that the church unites in helping our friends in the medical field. You know, whether it's sending them pizza, um, dropping off toilet paper and milk at their front door, and you know, whatever you can do to help them, praying for them. You know, especially you know, you know, we learned. I, I didn't even know that uh, people were kind of harassing people in the medical field. I, I didn't even think about that. I, I knew. I'm talking to another friend of mine who was originally going to be part of this, but you know, his hospital is not letting people talk about the virus at all. So uh, I won't mention his name. I'll just say that's why he's not on here. But uh, I know he, he even said, you know, they're part of the hospital since they don't do it. The virus is so empty. There's no revenue coming in. So people are being laid off in the medical field. You know, it's supposed to be some of the best job security there is, but they're being laid off. They're going out in public with scrubs on getting spit at. You know, it's it's a really hard time to be in the medical field. And I think it's more important than ever the churches unite and um, do these things, support them, you know, buy it. Buy them a pizza, buy them milk, leave it at their door, whatever you can do. Um, don't wear gloves, sanitize, uh, put your mask on, don't bring your kids out, you know. People in medical school are working hard to keep you safe. Best we could do is at least be sensible and listen to some of the rules. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so. and if you do go out to Walmart and somewhere in the public when you go home, take a shower, wash that off. You don't know what you touched and what got on you. So is there um is there any other final piece of advice or anything that you would uh you'd like to just throw out there for churches or individuals or anything? Um just use your common sense, you know. Um if you touch something, wash your hands. You know, think about everything that if you're getting ready to eat is what I tell my patients. You know, like if you pump gas, would you open a bag of chips and start eating it? No, you'd wash your hands first. Oh, then you'd eat the chips. Yeah. Yeah. Just use that common sense, you know. If you load, you know, load your groceries and you unload them at home, don't you always wash your hands before you uh, go and do anything else? When you're cooking, you wash your hands how many times when you're cooking? A million. Especially if I'm touching me. Yeah, so just think about that. You know, if I use my hands, I need to wash them. And I feel like the thing that really gets me is the people with the gloves on that are touching their eyes and their face. You know, people don't realize you can transmit the virus through your eyes, through your nose, through your mouth. Right. Which is amazing to me because... Hasn't everyone always been taught that? <laughs> yeah, we just all ignored it until now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they ignored it until now. Yeah. And just, you know, if you see a healthcare worker out there, don't spit on them, don't yell at them and say, why didn't they go home and take a shower first? You know, we doing the best we can. Yeah. Right. In fact, That's good. if you can afford it, and, you know, you see them out somewhere that you're at, pay for whatever they're there for, you know? Like, if they're at the gas station and they're getting something to eat on their way into work, 
buy that bag of chips, buy their drink, you know, whatever. We, we need to support them now more than ever. And that's just yeah. little, I think everybody, most people, not everybody, most people can do that. Because chances are you're at the gas station and get a drink too. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, think about the people that aren't working. You know, a lot of people are so proud and they don't like to ask for help. So if you know a family has like four or five kids and you know neither one of them are working, you know, buying them a gallon of milk or a bag of cereal is a long way. It's um, something my pastor did that, you know, luckily, I say luckily, you know, I'm still working because I'm at Chipotle and uh, Tiffany had some money put aside. So we, we've been okay here. But uh, my pastor actually texted us probably a week or two weeks into this thing just, just to see if we had everything we needed. And I thought that was crazy, you know. Um, our church, I want to say probably between two and three hundred people go there. I don't know exactly, but the fact that you know the pastor would take his time to just just to send me a text and say, "Hey, do y'all have what you need?" You know, it made me think he's probably doing that for pretty much everybody at the church. Knowing my pastor, Pastor Gary, he's been on the podcast before. Knowing him, I believe it. You know, I I drive by the church on my way to work and I see his cars there. He's still in his office. I'm thinking that's what he's doing right now. He's calling. All of those people. He's texting everybody. He's making sure everyone's taken care of. And you know, that's not just the pastor's job, right? That's that's the whole church's job. And I, I'm going to mm-hmm. say hats off to Pastor Gary, and uh, also a challenge to everybody else. Let's let's check up on one another. Make sure everyone's okay. From a distance. And call yeah. Pastor Gary. He has everything he needs. Yeah, everybody call Pastor Gary. <laughs> we'll give his number right. Now. <laughs> but no, uh, those of you who you do attend my church, uh, you know, I do encourage calling, checking up on your pastors, all, all of them. Um, you know, I, I, I texted Chris the other day. Uh, you know, I try and check in on him, and I, I think it's important to do that for your pastoral staff, as well as all of your friends in the medical field. <laughs> Just check up on yeah. everybody <laughs> on your phone. That's yeah, phone call is perfectly safe. Yeah. As far as we know. Yeah, for now. Yeah. <laughs> Just clean your phone, too. You know, if you had it out and yeah. you touched a bunch of stuff, make sure you wipe your phone off. <laughs> Sanitizer. Yeah, well, I saw wipe your phone. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I don't believe we have anything else to ask. Josh, is there okay. anything? Nope, I think that pretty much uh, wraps up. We can, uh, we just got a couple more stuff we do before, you know, we All end. Right. Uh, one's after the podcast, so everybody hang in there, go to our Patreon, and you can hear the, the ending stuff, but uh, yeah, I think we're ready to start wrapping it up, DJ. All right. So the last thing we do uh, as a part of the podcast is always our God moment of the week. Uh, we're expanding it to two weeks. Uh, as usual for Joshua, it is any time in the past 27 years. <laughs> hey, 28 now. Oh, my that bad. first year was very eventful with God and me. <laughs> but uh, so basically at the moment in our lives, the past week or two, uh, where we saw God, whether it be the small things, big things, what have you. Uh, so that's what we'll do now. Josh, would you like to go first? Sure, sure. I, um, I don't want to name drop, but uh, I'll say one of, one of my friends that we recently found out she might have, might have the virus. And uh, when I got that news, it, I think it really shocked me. You know, I, I won't say that I've been lax about this whole thing, you know, I'm pretty well educated. I do the comments and thing, wash my hands and everything, but it never hit me. This has just been almost like watching the TV show, this whole virus thing. You know, I'm like, oh, everybody's acting weird. I'm going to, you know, do what people tell me to do, but it, it never hit me. It never sunk in as real until I think that moment. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is affecting people I know, right? And uh, I don't know, it kind of shook me up a little bit until, um, I mean, it still does, but uh, Easter Day, we had our online service at our church, and our assistant pastor, he got up there and talked about how upset he was we weren't going to have Easter service together until he realized that because churches are doing everything online and everything, that this Easter day of this year may have been the largest proclamation of the gospel ever. And, you know, I really thought about that. I was like, wow, you know, that sounds over-exaggerated. That sounds like a lot of hype, but I know that friend, you know, they were isolated. They don't usually attend church, but uh, from what I hear, they, they saw some stuff online. They were aware of stuff. They watched some of the videos. Maybe not a whole service, but, you know, that happened. I know my uncle, 
this was crazy to me. He hasn't gone to a church service with us in years. But uh, my mom FaceTimed my grandma, and he was in the same room, and they held the phone up to watch our service on our TV from FaceTime. So it was like double screen. Which, you know, I, I, probably not the best way to watch it. Probably higher quality out there, but my uncle heard the gospel preached for the first time in a long time. And I don't know, it really sunk in that, yes, this thing is awful. But also, God works everything for good. And that's just, I don't know, it's really cool. Really, really cool to see that happen, even in such a tragic time. Right. Yeah. So, my gun moment is from uh, today, just a few hours ago. Wow. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, he texted me, and he was like, hey, uh, I've been trying to make sure that I'm praying as efficiently as I can. Uh, is there anything I can pray for you for? And it, it's it's really nice to see that even during these times, uh, there are people who know what matters. It's their connection with God. So I just I thought that was really cool. It is. It is really cool. And, um, Jeannie, have you had a God moment of the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, actually, um, lady that I work with, she, uh, had to go in quarantine because she was exposed to a COVID virus. And I asked her, I said, you know, is there anything you need? I said, I know this is probably scary. And she goes, I'm not scared. She goes, I serve a faithful God who tells me I fear not. And that's what I remember every day when I go to work. I serve a faithful God. He tells me, do not fear. Hallelujah. Wait, that's, that's powerful. Praise him. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you've listened uh, to this point, uh, thank you, first of all. Yeah, and congratulations. Because uh, you get to hear the outro. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully you learned something. <laughs> I, I did. The glove thing was... You know, I, I, I haven't been wearing gloves, but I hadn't thought about that before. So that was interesting to me. And I didn't know that nurses have been harassed. So I learned a lot, actually. Right. Yeah. I mean, not good so, stuff, but good stuff to yeah. know. Yeah. So we'd like well, thanks to... thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, you can't go anywhere, Jeannie. Yeah, we still have a... Oh, okay. We have a segment afterwards <laughs> for just our patron listeners, which is uh, you, Annette, and like four other people. Oh. <laughs> okay. This is for you. We need you to stay on for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Everyone else, though. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Again, we'd like to request your support on Patreon. Yeah, if, you, if you're you listening can... to this so far, you might as well give us like $2 a month. You can be cool like Genie. Right. That's right. Uh, again, if you know someone or you yourself would like to take a crack at making a theme song for us, that, I mean, that seems like a pretty cool thing to get into while you're quarantined. Yeah, yeah. Someone has past time. There you go. All right, well, download Fruity Loops. Light up your Uncle Jerry's alley. Yeah, so, someone let Uncle Jerry know. Yeah, so talk to Uncle Jerry. <laughs> uh, anything else, Josh? I know you know. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, again, again comments and shares are almost worth as much as money. Sometimes, you know. Um, occasionally, we expend some of our Patreon funds towards advertisements so people can see their posts but it's a lot more effective to just have people share it right you know um that way we can use our phone from patreon for gas for mics for skype calls if you guys share you guys comment that's what lets people see it more than anything right if you're on facebook you're sharing this this talk with genie you're commenting on stuff on instagram that that lets more and more people see it and that that helps us a lot get more listeners get more supporters get the word out about church unity get the word out about safety during this virus all of that yeah that was just a, that was like a quick like shotgun rant right yeah um and who are some future guests dj future guests Whoever wants to be on. Yeah, all of our Patreon. <laughs> Patreons. Literally everyone. Um, Pastor Gary is going to be on soon. Um, 
once this quarantine's lifted, we talked to uh, Father Christian Siskos from the Greek Orthodox Church here in Charlotte about coming back on. Um, there's a few other guests I think we have lined up, but most importantly, at the end of this yeah. season, TJ. At the end of the season, we will, of course, have Francis Chan. He just doesn't know. Uh, right. He, he just has to call us and let us know when season one's going to end. Yeah, um, we've just been calling every contact there is in Zoom. I just hit, you know, zero, 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 0001. Try that and just go yeah. through every single number until eventually we find him. Yeah, we're about to reach the ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to hear the rest, go to patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Until next time. Do, 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 do. Um. <laughs>